No G with a C. P O D. It is the Smoking Guns Podcast. We are a podcast that deals with professional football in the San Antonio area. Mainly talking about our San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL and the San Antonio Gunslingers, which is what we're going to spend a lot of time on today. Because as you see, if you're watching the video, we have a special guest with us. Now, this isn't normal for us. This is what we call a special edition of the Smoking Guns podcast. Normally, normally we're live. Normally, (laughs) it's Monday night, and we're able to talk to you on a Monday night. You're seeing this recorded you're not seeing it on Monday night, and you're like, what is going on? That's because this is a special edition, because we have news that you've probably already heard. But if you have not, uh, we have a new head coach and general manager of the San Antonio Gunslingers. His name is Tom Manas. You've heard that name before. Why? Yes, we because have. he won two straight NAL championships with the Albany Empire, and now he is going to be the head coach and general manager of your gunslingers coach thank you so much for taking some time to join us yes thank you thanks for having me uh i really appreciate it. it's an honor uh so let's start right there coach like you you left albany a couple of times uh last (laughs) season and then um, you had an uh, my guess is you had opportunities all over the sport all over the indoor football kind of area what yeah. made you decide that San Antonio was uh, an opportunity that was willing to that you were willing to sign your name on and say yes I want to I want to develop a team here I want to be a part of this Well you know to start that in full circle right so when I left Albany um under the circumstances that had happened um and I came home um my thought process was okay I'm going to enjoy a summer that I haven't been able to enjoy for many, many years because I'm usually working, right, um, mm-hmm. in football. So I thought, well, I'll just enjoy the summer, enjoy the kids. We live out in the country and uh, get my hunting blinds ready for the fall, do all my stuff that I always like to do and really enjoy it. And then the phone started ringing, and it started with some IFL teams, um, you know, asking me if I would come in and be assistant head coach D coordinator would I come in and be the head coach? Would If we fire a guy, will you come in? If we do this, if we do that. And I thought about it and I thought about the position that would put some coaches in. And frankly, I said, no, um, you know, I had a team call me up that had a winning record and was getting ready to go lining up for the playoffs and asked me to come in and take over a position. And I just didn't feel right doing that. Um, after what I had just been through, right. I just didn't feel like that was the appropriate thing to do. And I thought, for an unpatient guy to have a little patience and I, a, a man of faith, and I thought something's going to come in, the right thing's going to come in. Well, um, yeah, there there was a lot of calls, a lot of flattering offers that had come in. My agent, uh, uh, Jared Rickard, he's an NFLPA agent, and, you know, he was calling me every day and, you know, bringing up offers and bringing up opportunities on in the big field outside and in, in indoor. And, um we just waited patiently. And then ironically enough, the way this whole thing happened was a very good friend of mine who's a head coach in the IFL um, called me up and he said, hey, I was talking to somebody and your name kept coming up. And I said, they were talking about me. And he said, yeah, I go good or bad. 
you know, that's we all ask right. that, right? right. And, What'd they say? Well, usually it's bad. So I mean, I'm <laughs> what they right. So I said, well, okay. Um, you know, can you give me their number and let me make them a call? And I threw a couple people. Ended up that I called and I said, are you guys looking for me? Or did you guys want to talk to me about something? Because I, I'd heard my name come up. And um, it ended up being James uh, with the organization. And um, as James and I were talking, um, you know, he said, we didn't know if we would have an opportunity to get you. Um, so we didn't really pursue it as hard as we probably wanted to. And I said, well, they asked if I had signed yet with anybody. Um, and I said, no, I'm, I'm waiting. Um, I, I was going to give it until about the 15th of September and then make a decision on where I was going to go because um, you'll learn this about me. I think championships are won in September, not in April or August. I, I think you, how you build your team, how you build your staff, um, how you build all the synergies that you need to go through the season. So September is really important for me. Um, and uh, he said, well, let me talk to the owner. I said, why don't you talk to the owner? And if you guys want to have a second call, just give me a call. Within minutes, Don Reckler was on the phone with James and um, we had a fantastic conversation. And the one thing that drew me more than anything to the San Antonio Gunslingers was Don Reckler. Um, okay. Uh, if it's, you know, he, him and I share a lot of the same beliefs. We share a lot of the same thought process. We, we share a lot about community, about uh, even our patriotism, even, you know, our, our religious beliefs are everything that came in line. It was just almost synergetic, you know, how it came about. So it was one of those deals where um, got my agent involved. We put together they started doing offer sheet and I accepted. And then from then on, we've been married at the hip, James and I, on, on building this thing up to where we're at right now and what our plans are uh, moving forward. And um, I know that we've taped this um, in advance, but, you know, by now I'll have been in town, I've met everybody and sure. um, done all those things. So uh, excited about that. Um, my wife's coming with me. I call her the first lady of football, uh, Miss Susan. Right. So, yeah. So she she's going to come in and um, pretty soon the town's going to get to know my grandkids and my kids. And we have six children and three grandchildren. So we, we make this a family thing. They allow me to do this. Right. Let's let's make no bones about it. Um, sure. They they let me be away from them for a period of time um, and they allow me to do this. So. Uh, I'm grateful to them. So prior um, to your, I'm sorry, Philip. Prior no, to your conversation ahead. with uh, with Don, uh, so this is interesting news uh, to those that are are hearing this now. Where the the phone call actually came from you, coach, to the organization rather than vice versa. So what? Well, it was. It was. They. They were. I don't know if they were. That was what he didn't know. If they were trying to connect with me and didn't know how or whatever. And I said, well, my biggest thing is if someone's using my name, I want to know, is it something I can help them with? Because I've helped, mm. I've, I get a lot of organizations that will call me and ask me the business side of football or the, can you give us a referral for a hire? Or do you know someone who's good at corporate sales? Or do you know? So I didn't know if that was it. And one of the things I'm proud to say is when I was involved in the NAL, 
anyone who needed anything could call me. Uh, mm-hmm. Coaches, owners, players, it didn't matter. I would always try to help. So I thought that's what it was. I didn't think it was a job offer. Mm. Sure. You know, because I, you know, my, my, <clears throat> my thing was until I heard, you know, or until someone tells me that the current head coach is not going to be retained, I don't ever make those calls. Right. Right. I'm looking across your LinkedIn page right now because I can't find a ton of information about you. And I like to do my research, mm-hmm. New Jersey, Albany, Green Bay. As I look across this, I noticed something, coach, you're coming to South Texas in the summer. It's hot here. You know that, right? Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's real hot. It's hot okay, so, so let, let's, <laughs> let, let's go back a little further. Then. Okay. So, yeah. And it worse is yet. I was also coaching the CFL. So it's snowed there in September. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Um, what is snow? What, what is yeah, that? Right. You just, what, I don't know. Right. I don't know. So what <laughs> my thing is um, I went to Kansas state university. Okay. In Manhattan. So I was at Kansas state and one of our uh, little getaways all the time was coming into Texas and I'm a big hunter. So we all know how great the deer hunting can be in Texas and hog hunting and all that. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in Texas, but so after I left there, I was fortunate enough to get picked up by Detroit lions. So I'm with the Detroit lions and you know, I was the healthiest guy in the world in college. And then all of a sudden I get to the lions and my knee goes right. And then my knee goes and then my hip goes, you know, and typical um, story that you hear, but I wasn't ready to give it up. So you guys want to hear a really funny story, and this I is the do. truth. Okay. Um, Tuesday morning, Monty Clark calls me into the office in Detroit, and he says, "We're going to let you go." And we were getting ready to play Seattle, I think, that weekend. And I was disappointed because my folks were coming. I was supposed to get a lot of playing time, and um, he said, "We got to let you go. I'm going to get fired, and I've got to clean out the staff. I got to clean out the roster." I said, okay, I understand. You know, I was heartbroken. You know, your dream you think is done. And Eric Hipple, who was our quarterback at the time, and um, him and I had a great relationship. And Eric says, come on, let's go get drunk. And I said, okay. We ended up at a Prince concert in downtown Detroit. Backstage. Oh, yeah. Backstage. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're at this. I don't know if it was his rehearsal or what or how he had it. No, it was a concert. It was a full fledged concert. And it had gotten postponed for some reason. Anyway, this concert's going on. And we we have this concert. Hipple knows everybody. He's QB1 in Detroit, so everyone loves him. I'm just a big old lineman walking next to him. They thought I was his bodyguard. And we're, we're drunker than Cooter Brown. I mean, we are three sheets to the wind. We get a cab back to my house. And as I pull in, my lights are on in my house. And I see my mom and dad's car in the driveway. And my mom's like waiting at the door like I'm 13, coming in late, right? <laughs> and she says, what are you doing? I said, oh, we're having a great time, Mom. How you doing? And she goes, San Antonio Gunslingers in the USFL just picked you up. You have to be there Thursday. And I'm, oh, really? And I'm like, wow. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah. So my dad drives me down. We, we leave right then because we got to get there. And we're coming out of Michigan and we get there and um, just make it in time for practice on Thursday. I'm still hungover, you know, and uh, but but the the ironic part about it is right. So this is where it's a small world. So I get down there and 
Who's the head coach? Tim Markham, the former head coach of the Tampa Bay Storm in arena football. Mm -hmm. So now Tim's the coach at the Gunslingers. So I get to meet Tim. I'm down there. Um, get through the season. My knee's gone. I got to retire. Got to come back, get everything fixed up, get everything done. I come back. Tim says, hey, if you need a job, you want to get into coaching, you can come down here and you can be a consultant coach, which basically meant I made his tea time and made him coffee and picked up equipment, right? Right. So you Gotta pay your due. somewhere. Right. Yeah. So while we're down there, he introduces me to Mouse Davis. And Mouse Davis, who's a legend and was an OC in Detroit, now gets the Detroit job. And then they bring me up to that. And then I start my coaching career there. Mouse gets fired. And Mouse sends me, or Mouse gets fired. The whole staff gets fired after a couple of years. And my defensive guy um, with me goes, where are you going? I go, I'm going home. He goes, no, you're not. You're coming to Toronto with me. You're going to be my defensive guy, defensive assistant. We go up there. We win the Great Cup in 04. So it was just like everything came around. So the people who know that story, when they heard that I'm coming back to San Antonio, they thought, wow, that's really cool. Because I used to live right off the Riverwalk when I was down there. Oh, wow. Right. So, I mean, a lot of the things were very familiar to me and the people, um, uh, you know, and just the community in general um, made it an easy decision from the family side for me, you know, where my wife and my children are going to come in and visit and they're there a lot and they're going to be and I feel good about it. You know, there's some places you just don't want your family to have to go through, you know, like if I had to be in downtown Chicago tomorrow, I probably wouldn't take that job and not because of me, but because of my family. Right. And and so there's certain things that you want to do and continue to do. And it was just a perfect fit. I noticed so across that's a long your resume. No, that's great. I noticed across your resume that you've got time in college, you've got time in the CFL, you've got time in the NFL, you've got time right. uh, obviously in indoor. You seem to gravitate back toward this particular version of football, which is not the same as the outdoor game it is it is right. different it is you you want to you uh, want to hear something really funny is um obviously i have an affinity for the detroit lions if you pull up in my house you see the american flag and the lions flag right underneath it right um i i, I wear that badge you know honorably right sure. but i can't make it through a half of big field football anymore watching really? it on tv i can't uh, you know, um, there was a preseason game, and I hate preseason anyway, but I was watching the preseason game for the Lions uh, against uh, Carolina uh, last Friday. And at halftime, I went back and I watched this year's championship game in the NAL. Because it's just, I, I it's hard to relate to it anymore, um, but it's also so much slower than our game. Yeah. Our game is so fast, right? And, um, I just, uh, you know, I'll always have a love for it. Don't get me wrong. And, and it's it, it's graced my family with everything we have was through football. Uh, I've never had another job. Football is what I love and what I do. But these, you know, to watch a game like that, oh, man, it's like watching cement dry sometimes, you know, right. because it just, it just, yeah. And then you watch one of our games, and by the time it takes them to score, we'd have scored three times. 
Right. Yeah. So that's that's, that's it. That's interesting, especially coming from a defensive guy. I mean, from your history, you, you've coached right. a, a lot of defense, and so a lot of defensive guys, you know, they 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 see the art involved in defensive football, which is, you know, equates to a low scoring game, uh, which is quite the opposite of what we're used to seeing. Uh, well, in the if, arena you notice, game. Though, if you notice though, uh, if you pull back uh, the screen a little bit and you look and you look at how indoor football from its inception, Dewar scores 88 to 70, 75 to 80, you know, um, scores like that. And then we brought in some new defensive stuff, um, we, a lot of us, but I did too, in the sense where now we're seeing scores in the 30s and 40s, right? So right. I, I, I always believe defense won championships. I, I'll always say that until the day I die. Um, and that's if you've got a really good offense, okay? Because the offense has to do their part, which is score every time they have the ball. And um, I've been blessed with great offense coordinators and and really good, smart guys um, throughout my career that have, have made it easier for me on defense. Okay. Or, or having a defensive mindset because they're good at their job. So, you know, it, it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a match. Um, you know, we're talking about, um, I, I was on the phone with a, a very famous, famous, uh, head coach and defense coordinator, um, from the NFL. And, uh, we had a mutual friend pass away, uh, that guy I told you brought me to Canada, Richard Stubler from the CFL. He passed away yesterday. So, um, but we were talking and Rich started a defense called the match defense. And you don't hear about it anywhere. Um, but it's perfect for our game too, because the Canadian game with all the high motions and 12 players on the field, it's, it's a different thing, right? It's a bigger field, but it has its own nuances. Like we have our nuances, and um, so we're talking. I said, hey, coach, do you think I could implement that match defense into the indoor game? And we spent probably an hour and a half. Uh, we ended up hanging up, getting on Zoom, putting out the chalkboard, and we're trying to figure out how we could match up things and, and do things. And that collaboration, you know, um, is is what's important. So, yeah, I, I'll always say defense, right, And sure. which is ironic, but um, in, a, in an offensive-minded game. But – yeah, you know, I think that if you watch our 22 championship game, that defensive performance may have been the best performance by a defense in indoor football history. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, yeah. How did stupid. you feel? Uh, we don't know. One of the things that people are going to notice is that we're not mentioning a lot about uh, specific league details, and that's because a lot of things are up in the air all the way around the sport right now. And so yep. – uh, we're not going to deal with a lot of that, but I got a specific kind of league sort of question for you. Uh, the NAL two years ago went to Ironman football. They ran it for 2022 and 2023. You've been involved. You've been on the coach's level, and you've been one of these folks that's just kind of been able to sit back and watch. What are your thoughts on the Ironman version of the game? I'm I personally, um, <clears throat> for arena football, not indoor football, arena football. I think it's the only way you should play it. Okay. okay. But that's arena football. That's not like IFL indoor football. Okay. I think there are two variations. Okay. Um, if to play Ironman football, 
um, is a different mindset. You know, you'll see if you go historically, and we changed this actually in Albany. We were the ones that changed this. Uh, you were used to seeing 300-pound fullbacks, right? And we were like one of the first teams to bring in a 225-pound, 230-pound running back to play fullback. And so we, in, you know, we had the running game to go with uh, our passing attack. Um, but then you look at out, you know, IFL football, indoor football, and that's a primary, that's 50-50. You're going to throw 50% of the time, run 50% of the time, usually with quarterback read options, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's a totally different game where we're primary pass first, run second. They're 50-50. We brought in running a lot more, and now you're seeing more teams use it, like in the NAL started using it this year. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's apples and oranges, you know, and um, it really is because uh, you're asking guys, um, you're asking a off. Okay, I have an offensive tackle who played at Florida State and started his whole life at left tackle or right tackle. Now I'm asking him to do that plus play defensive end. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's it's an uncomfortableness at first. But a lot of guys tend to start to embrace it later on. It, it People think it's harder on your body than going one way. It's really about the same amount of reps when you break it down because of the way we substitute. Um, but, yeah, you have to be in shape. You have to have that mindset. You have to have that warrior mentality, that, you know, gladiator-style football. Um, if you do it where in the IFL and indoor football, it's more of a purist position game right like if i'm right. a wide receiver i can be a wide receiver i don't have to ask you know a markel wade who's a great wide receiver oh by the way you got to play db who happened to be great at it but we had to evolve to that right sure. so it's it's all those different nuances to it that make it you know the only guy that really doesn't affect is the quarterback right. and the kicker right. those are the only two guys right, right. Uh, other than that yeah. you know the specialists yeah but you know, a lot of specialists will have to go the other way and play both sides. And it, it's uh, it's unique because in 21, we didn't have it and we won the championship. Right. And then they brought it in in 22 and somehow we figured it out. And we won the championship again. And I think if everyone would have left us alone, we'd have won it again in 23 personally. But, uh, you know, smarter people than me wanted to go a different direction. So. Um, that's, you know, that's what happens is it's a different game is the honest answer. Um, you know, I know commissioner Siegfried really pushed to have a pure AFL style arena right. football in, in the NAL. And I know the IFL side is staying with their side. So it's mm -hmm. two different types of football and you get to watch that when when you watch any of the games so it's kind of a good thing it's not necessarily a bad thing that people have the option so coach i have a question and you may or may not have the answer but um are there any other coaches that you're thinking about bringing along with you yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> He just um, not. He, he, he just know, not. If you're if you're if you're watching, he's no. What's not, really if you're yeah. What's what's really funny is um, I this is the first off season for me where I've been able to talk to other players on teams, mm -hmm. 
right during the season because otherwise I'd be in league violation, right? So my inclination was I'm going to start building my board, right? So when I got home about the middle of June, you know, I started building my board. Who do I want to come and have play for me? Now, I didn't call them because some of these guys – you know, I don't want to interrupt their season. I don't want to do that to their staffs, their coaching staffs and their players and all that. But I was starting to get an inclination of where I wanted to go. And then about the third week in June, my phone started ringing unsolicited from players going, where are you going next year, coach? I want to go. Right. Mm-hmm. So when that started, I thought, OK, built the board a little bit more. And. Um, and then coaches started calling. So coaches were saying, hey, for next year, what's your plan? What are you going to do? I wouldn't mind working together. That would be great. So I started putting my coaches board together. So I'll I'll tell you what I told Mr. Reckler on Saturday or on Friday. If we had a game on Saturday, I could dress a team and have a full staff. Nice. Wow. Wow. Right now. So. Yeah. Well, we're then okay. let's book the so, Freeman and find an opponent. Let's get this thing done. <laughs> no, we, we, we really could. Um, we have enough guys that have uh, – and and what I think the people in San Antonio are going to really love and uh, the fan base is you're going to know every single one of these guys. Awesome. Like, it, it's you're going to know every single one of them. And you're going to know every single coach. These are – you know, I like to think they're the best of the best. And, um, you know, any good head coach is going to hire people smarter than he is. Right. So you're going to you're going to try to bring in the best talent. You're going to try to bring in the best guys, the the whole thing. Our, our deal is a little bit different, though. And um, I made this really clear to everyone in the organization. I don't get the best football players. That's not how I start. Um, I start with getting the best people. And I do. You know, my whole thing is about character. So I want to get the best character guys that happen to be the best football players, not one or the other. So when they come in, they're a reflection of the Racklers. They're a reflection of the San Antonio Gunslingers. They're a reflection of me. They're a reflection of themselves, you know, their teammates. And I can honestly say that the people we'll bring in will be of the highest quality as people as well as football players, or they won't be here. And it's that simple. And and there's some really great guys out there that uh, I think the community is going to fall in love with. So how about go ahead? I think you're going to ask the same question I'm going to ask. Probably. (laughs) I I was going to say on on that note, coach, um, you know, San Antonio, the the fan base has uh, attachments to names they know and and guys they followed that have really been here from day one back in, you know, in the barn that, that the gunslingers played in, in the A, in the AL uh, a couple of years back. And there's been some guys that have been through all of, all of those uh, changes over the last couple of years and, and have had a lot of success and uh, have grown really popular. Are, are there any guys, not that, not that you have to mention any names, but are there any, any guys that are on the current roster that you've kind of circled and uh, you have plans to speak with or, or, or look at, or is this just, are we, are we starting a new starting from scratch and it's uh, everybody earned their, earned their, their no. spot on this new one? No, I, I don't think you throw the baby away with the bathwater. You know, I don't think you do that. But there's some different nuances, right? So mm-hmm. let's just say we're in the AFL next year. Well, I can bring back as many veterans as I want, right? But let's say we're in the IFL next year. I can only have seven veterans on my team. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm talking about, I already have 15 or 16 of the top veterans in indoor football wanting to come here. So it, it becomes, you know, it becomes a numbers game at that point. Right. So where, where I look at things is yes. Is there, are there individuals on the current roster that I want to have conversations with? Yes. Uh, are there a lot? No, no, but there, there are, there are guys that I do want to have conversations with and that's not nothing derogatory to the other guys. Um, it's that because they've been here since the inception and they played into football longer than three years, there would be veteran status. So it just depends, you know, it becomes numbers and, and that's what professional football is. It's numbers, right? Mm -hmm. It's how many guys yeah. can you keep on your roster? How many guys can you play? How many guys can you dress? You know, it's always numbers. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking about uh, Mr. Richard, yeah. Would I want him? hundred percent. I, I, I hope he's listening. You know, I haven't talked to him yet because um, it would have been inappropriate to do that at this point. Mm -hmm. But, you know, after this thing airs, I think he's going to be one of my first calls. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I would hope that he wants to continue on with us. But if he doesn't, I treat professional football players like professional football players. He might want to test the waters. He might mm -hmm. want to look, you know, and do. And I'll never stand in a guy's way for doing that. Um, the only thing I can promise them this is that we're, you know, the only reason I came here, um, in addition to all the good stuff we've talked about, let's make no mistake is to win a championship. Okay. So I'm going to surround myself with guys that want to win in 2024, not in 2027, you know, 25, 24, we want to win in 24. And, um, uh, that's what our goal is. So whoever's can help us do that is going to be here. Uh, before we got online, uh, Leo and I were talking about who was going to ask the question about something. Leo, do you want to ask? You want me to ask? <laughs> I, well, be since brave, I just be brave. Since I just asked the last one, you, you okay. go ahead, Philip. Yeah. So, Coach, there was a an incident uh, earlier this year in the National Arena League <laughs> when you were away, uh, when you had already left the Albany Empire over in Jacksonville, where it appeared, not it appeared, it happened. A yep. coach reached over the wall and interacted with the play on the field during the play. Do you have any specific thoughts about what should happen to a coach that interacts with the play on the field um, in the middle of a game like that, denying another team a touchdown? Well, any anything? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you two answers. I'll, I'll give you the professional answer that uh, the canned answer, which is, you know, in the heat of the moment, things happen. And, um, I'm sure Absolutely. there's regret. I'm sure there's regret for how it happened and all that. Um, my personal opinion, what a chicken chip move that was, right? Um, because to me, it's just, you know, you don't do that. And then you don't high five your players after you've done it and then play dumb that you didn't do it on purpose. Okay. Um, I'm sure he didn't in, in the real world. I'm sure he, you know, if he had to play it back, he probably wouldn't have done that. Um, I hope he wouldn't have done that, but um, it really cost them the game. I mean, right. it was a game changer and uh, I would have suspended them at least three games and binged them for like five grand. If it was me, because it changed the outcome of the game. And, well, uh, you know, 
that's me. But, you know, smarter guys than I run the rules. So, you know, we'll uh, go with that. But I think it was a I think it was a horseshit move uh, all the way around. Um, and the thing that got me the most is the camera stayed on him and he was high fiving guys. Mm-hmm. That that bothered we, me probably more than anything. Now I've done we, stupid stuff on the field. I, I mean, sure, you know, but mm-hmm. that was whew, that was a doozy. Uh, interesting. You're you're right in line with what we've said uh, since the moment it happened. We've we've made a big yep. deal about it on the show. We will continue to because I think it speaks to character. Um, and yes. sometimes your character comes out when you're not paying attention, uh, when you're just acting in the heat of the moment. And I think we learned something about that. And yeah, understand, I I'm not I saying Jason Gibson is a bad guy. I'm saying no. he made a really bad decision in that right. moment. And then right. he doesn't know how to navigate out of that and still look okay because it's hard to well, navigate I think, out I of think, that situation. I think, to look I okay. think the way you navigate out of something like that is not any different than how Devin Wilson ultimately navigated out of his situation. And you admit, you apologize, and you close your mouth and you move on and you hope that people will forgive you. Right. And God bless him. I think Devin's made that, that jump. Right. So he's, he's fine. Now, if he wouldn't have done what he did, people would have still harbored ill will against him. Okay. Um, I think that ultimately um, it's too late now for Gibby to bring it up again. I think he's hopeful that it just got pushed back. Um, and I don't see any reason for him to probably bring it up again at this point. Um, but I just think if, if you screw up and you say I screwed up, people are, I mean, I've gotten more chances than a cat. Okay. I mean, I, you know, people have always given me the benefit of the doubt and been very kind to me when I've made my mistakes and I've made plenty. Um, and I think that if you just trust in the character, of the other people to forgive you, you'd have been all right. I mean, I called the opposing coach. I mean, as soon as the buzzer went off, I had texted him. I said, call me as soon as you get in the locker room. I said, you got to watch this replay because he hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, my God, you know, that was a whole nother conversation. But, yeah, uh, um, yeah it was um, it was not not a very good moment for uh, the game or for him. I'm sure I wish he I'm sure he wished he could take it back, you know. Sure. Speaking of last season, uh, just on a macro, just on a a, a 20,000 foot view of the NAL and what they dealt with, not just in Albany, which you had a kind of a front row seat for, but even in Fayetteville and and some of those issues. um, Have you ever seen a league go through a nightmare of a season like Ah, this league had to go through? Well, no. And, And I was in, you know, Remember, I was in the early USFL, so yeah, no. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, the, uh, were were you the, one of those guys that had to race down the highway to try to get to the bank first to, bank to get your and, check? Cash? Well, it was funny because when we would get our checks, you know, there'd be a post-it with it, right? And it would say cash tomorrow or cash Tuesday, and <laughs> you know, and and um, I had it, it was funny because my knee was so gone at that point, it, it looked like a gigantic inflated football. And I had already had a couple surgeries on it and I needed a major reconstruction on it. And I remember I called Dr. Robert Taiji up in Michigan and he, the first thing he said to me, he goes, did you get your check today? And I said, yeah. Mm. He goes, leave, come right now. And I'll fix your knee. <laughs> but um, no, the, the, the thing about it is um, 
it was it was horrific. I mean, on every standard, because the optimism going into 23 was so good. It was so positive. Right. Yeah. Now, you can look at it in two ways. For people like me, it was a absolutely horrible experience. Okay. But for all the other teams in the league, look how they benefited when we dismantled the Albany team. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So so the parity you finally got in the NAL came because we created parity. Right. Yep. Um, the Sam Castronova was going to Jacksonville, the Markel Wades, the Trivian sure. Ford's going to, you know, West Texas, the Hollises, the, the Hags, the, you know, all the guys that had gotten, uh, you know, basically separated. And all of a sudden everyone became a little bit better. And um, so that part of it, I'm sure they're all glad happened. Um, the sad part is, like I said, I thought we could have three peated in Albany. Um, we had 15 returning starters. They were all stars. Yes. Uh, we were like family and things were going really well. Um, that's a shame, but, um, it, it, it was just, you know, I, I'm, I'm close friends with Chris Siegfried, the owner or the commissioner of the NAL. And, you know, I know that he tried everything he knew how to do to try to keep everyone at least civil, right. Through the process. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it's, there's so many other stories that the public doesn't know that right. the what was happening with teams, you know, what was happening with um, the stability of a team, what was happening with, you know, how, how come they weren't selling tickets? How come they weren't selling sponsorships? Why didn't you know, why didn't it work in Fayetteville? Why, why didn't it work in Fayetteville? Was it destined to not work or did they overspend? Did they not sell enough? I know the coaching staff there worked their hearts out. I know the owner had great intent and it just didn't work. Right. right. Um, and then you look at what happened in Albany and that was a train wreck onto itself. Uh, you have a two-time championship team get I'd, dismantled in three weeks. I mean, in three I'd weeks, actually say it was about two or three train wrecks all at once. Like I don't right. think one train wreck does it. The, the right. And, and it was, and you know, people ask me all the time, why they go back the second time. And I went back to try to save football in Albany. That's the only reason I went back. And, and I personally, um, that was my only intention is to go back, clean up all the mess, make sure everyone got paid, make sure everything was going good and do that. But, um, there was a multitude of reasons why that didn't end up happening, but that was my reason for going. And when I realized that I couldn't do more than I just did in those two weeks, I came back, I said, it's time to go for self-preservation. I mean, I was, you know, I'm going to lose my mind over this thing too. And I thought maybe if I get out of the way, it'll calm down and it'll work. And then unfortunately it didn't at that point, but there there's never, you know, you never want to see things happen when they pan out the Orlando thing, the, the, the players going down there, they went down there with good intention, you know, from Albany to try to make a winning franchise, make it into a winning franchise for whatever reason, it's none of my business. It just didn't work out. You know, that was another scenario. Um, the only ones that kind of stayed quiet and did their own thing and were very successful was Jacksonville and Jacksonville did their thing. Now to Fred's, um, accolades in San Antonio, you know, came out of the gate doing great, you know, kind of keeping quiet, doing their thing, playing one game at a time, great philosophy and whatever happened, happened. Uh, and they hit the little pit and that was the end of it. But 
Well, I maintain if the league had retained its shape throughout the year, I think San Antonio and Albany are your two best teams in in the league. Um, I think everything that happened throughout the year and shifted things, shifted things Mm -hmm. in such a way that San Antonio did not keep up with everybody else as they were adding to their roster and changing things. San Antonio just felt good with what who they had, which you can't blame them for. No, but no, no. Wasn't but I, enough. You know, here's the thing. Uh, and this is um, in 22, I did not change our roster a lot. Okay. And, and we could have had chances to upgrade. And I chose, I chose family over change. And I, I wanted to convince these guys to play for each other and just play as a family with one goal in mind to win each other a ring. And that worked. But in most cases, you're pretty naive if you think you don't have to continue to upgrade. Okay. Um, the reason, excuse me, the reason coaches keep a board is, you know, I want to know not only on our depth chart, who we have, I want to look at when someone gets released, I'm constantly looking at the waiver wire. I'm constantly looking at that to make sure I can understand where these guys are going. If someone's open, we call them right away. We can grab them. Now, if you grab him, that means you got to lose somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But guys, that's professional football. And you don't know how many times I've had to explain it to these young kids is that, you know, that guy's just better than you are. And no one ever wants to hear that, right? right. But if the guy's better than you are, then he's going to take your job. Now you go home and get better than he is and come back next year, right? That's That's the mindset. But most people think that you're doing it because you're being cruel or, you know, this guy's been with us all year and he's given us his guts and his blood and his this. Okay, great. That would be great if we work for St. Mary's of the Plains. Okay, we don't. We're a professional football team. So since we're a professional football team, just like in the NFL, you want every one of these kids wants to be in the NFL. Of course. Yeah. If If you're in the NFL, it's way more cutthroat than this. Yeah. Like way more cutthroat than this. You got guys that are getting close to their pension and they get cut so they don't have to get pensioned on the team. Right. You get all kinds of things that go on. And when you look at it, if I can get a rookie for 10 million and I can get that veteran for 30 million and I, you know, I maybe miss one tackle a game, I'm taking the $10 million guy and I'm saving $20 million on my payroll. Well, it's kind of the same thing for us. Um, you know, we, we had it a little different, and, and I believe, and this probably get me in trouble with the owners, but I believe that you really need to take care of your players exceptionally. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you need to house them well. I think you need to feed them well. I think you need to pay them a fair wage. I think you need to give them the bulk of the credit for everything good that happens in your organization. Make them the face of it. I think all those things should go to the players. Football is a player's game. No coaches ever, ever, no Belichick, no Saban, no nobody has ever won a game. No coach has ever won a game. Players win games. Yep, right. Don't just screw them up, but players win games. <laughs> right? And I that's thought, the truth. I though. thought referees screwed them up. Yeah, they do too. But, <laughs> but, but it's true, though. I mean, so let's take care of – I can tell you this. Anybody we bring into the San Antonio Gunslingers is going to get a professional football experience. They're, they're, you know, and I tell that to the guys on the first day of camp. I'm going to give you an NFL experience, not with the budget, but I'm going to give you everything that I know about the game 
in how we treat players respectfully, how we treat players like grown men, how we do things. Um, and I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of like you're my son. And I tell the coaches that when you talk to a player, when you talk, when, when you see a player in the hallway or you see a player someplace or you see a player with his wife and his kids, you make sure you're, you treat him as if you're greeting your son. And how would you greet your son? And how would you, how would you respectfully greet his wife? And how would you talk to his children? And if they're not prepared to do that, they're not on my staff. And, and those kinds of things, I think, are what develop a championship culture. So it's not just X's and O's. It's starting in September. It's cultivating a family atmosphere with the players where they want to win for each other. And they want to be a part of it. I, I can tell you probably by mid-November, we'll have our roster completely done. Because I believe that you spend December, January, and February bonding, being on Zoom calls every week, talking X's and O's, learning the playbook, learning the things you need to do, but more importantly, building that bond where they see each other once a week, even if it's on Zoom. So when we show up the first day at camp, it's like seeing your brother. And you build that, you're going to win championships. And But we have a we have a responsibility as an organization to create an environment that that nourishes that that cultivates that and if we're not prepared to do that i wouldn't be here and so i want to make sure that all of our players anybody who's watching this listening to this has any aspirations of wanting to be a gunslinger that's our criteria that's our standard of performance you come in and you're willing to do that then we're, we're going to open we're going to welcome you with open arms and then you do your job right and like i say Every guy we recruit is a starter. And how long they keep that job is totally up to them. I, I've never cut a football player. I've never cut a football player because I don't like a football player. They cut themselves. So when you come in, you assume you already got a seat at the table. How long you sit at that table is completely up to you based on performance. But we're a performance-based business. I'm a performance-based coach. Right. You know, if, if I don't win a championship in 24 – I expect to have a very hard conversation with Mr. Rackler because that that's how I get measured. That's how we get measured as coaches. It's not by, Hey, you did a great job. What a fun season. Didn't we all have fun? This ain't camp, right? Millions of dollars are getting spent in this thing. So, you know, it's, did you win? Nope. See ya. And that's how it works. That's pro football. And you got to be okay with that. So, Coach, I have a question. So, I know Albany had a great fan base. Do you think some of those fans are going to follow you here to San Antonio? I hope so. I, I think they will. I I um I have a quite unique following on social media. Um, I think half of them just follow me to see what my grandson Eli is doing. Um, he gets more <laughs> likes. It's funny because he gets more likes than some YouTube games. Um, he is um. He's a character. So, yeah, and I think what one of the things that I said um, coming into this is I think we've been very shallow minded in in um, San Antonio on um, our limiting our expectations. And what I mean by that is this. I told you when you pull up my driveway and, and I live out in the country, you pull up my driveway. First thing you see is an American flag with the Detroit Lions flag underneath it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you go to my neighbor, who's a couple acres away and you go to his property um you'll see a new england patriots 
flag under his American flag. Yeah. He never went. He he never lived in New England. He never did that. But he had he has an affinity for Coach Belichick. And when Brady was there, he became a fan. Okay. Right. Okay. Many do. Many do. Great. But my point is, is that I hope, I, and I know that when a lot of our players left Albany and went to other teams, those people in Albany became fans of those other teams too. Yes. So I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that some will come here and we'll have mm-hmm. some Albany names here. I'm sure that those fans are going to follow us, but it's not just there. Now it's going to be maybe the guy in Orlando who got a little taste of us is going to start like in San Antonio. Maybe it's now someone out West, you know, in Arizona or California or someplace else. I think we really limit ourselves where the NFL doesn't limit their fan base to how many seats they sell. Right. They, they, they judge on how many eyes they get on a game. So I'm hopeful that when we play in 24, that we get a very broad audience of people um, that not only follow us in Texas, but also Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, you know, and all Arizona, Nevada, and start building that fan base out. Um, and I think that's very possible. And it's going to be on one, how we perform, mm-hmm. you know, are we putting a winning product on the field um, and then go from there. You know, we, we had this discussion about playing at um, Fre- Fremont, Fremont, Freeman, 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 and, um, you know, you'll get some people that say, oh, it's just a rodeo place, right? And it's this and that. And they, they ask me, say, coach, how do you feel about that? And I go, I love it. I want to make it the hardest place to play in the country. Mm-hmm. I don't want to shun the fact we're in a rodeo arena. I want to embrace it. Like, I want to make it so, you know, you're coming in the right bulls, man. You know, uh, I want to make it where it's <laughs> tough to play here. Um, and I think that when when you embrace what you have and you embrace the kind of things you have, you can go for it. I, I'll tell you how silly this is, but the first thing I did is I started Googling everything I could find out about San Antonio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Buckhorn Bar and Museum and, you know, and, and the Alamo and the missions and all the different places and, and different things. And, and so then I started looking at what celebrities are from San Antonio or live in San Antonio part-time or whatever. And sure enough, one of my favorite guys in the world, George Strait. Mm-hmm. First thing I did, put out a message to George Strait. Sure. <laughs> Why not? And I said, I'd love to have you as my guest. And if you want to sing the national anthem, that'd be great. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know he's a huge Spurs fan. Right. Yep. right. So he's a huge Spurs fan. So maybe I can talk him into walking over one day. Right. So, but if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. Right? Sure. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if, if, if we have expectations where if we make some hard asks, right, maybe we'll hear yes 50% of the time too. So I, I'm hopeful that for the fans and, and, and for the city and for the towns and the schools and, and, and just the people in general, that they really enjoy what we're trying to build and um, I know that we have a vision of s- sustainability that's going to last not just today, but years and years to come. Um, and, um, you know, like any coach, I will always say uh, you, you say your prayers when you take a job and you pray to God that this is your first last job. Right. right. So 
you you'd love it to be here. Yeah, I'd love to be here for the next ten years. You know, and 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 do what we do. But um, that'll take care of itself by what we do on the field. I find it interesting, Coach, that you throw out the idea of a championship in 24 when things are so up in the air right now as far as league is I, concerned. I don't care what league doesn't we bother plan. You. I don't care what league we plan. Okay. Could care less. I like it. No, I, I mean, like seriously. What, you play arena? Okay, I won two there last two years. Okay, well, you want to play indoor? Well, I'm good there. That's fine. We're good. You know, and, that, and that's the thing is that if – Hey, look, I'm an old offensive lineman, right? I'll fight anybody. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, and and I, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get tagged, and it doesn't even mean I'm not going to lose. But I ain't sure the hell ain't going to be afraid of you, right? So, you know, uh, my my tagline in Albany was, if you don't like what I say, just beat us, okay? And And it's not being arrogant. It's me supporting my players and and – how great they are. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with me being supportive that I know my guys will have my back because I'll have their back. So if we're in the IFL 2024, we're looking at a championship. If we're in the AFL 2024, we're looking at a championship. If we're in the NAL 2024, we're looking at a championship. I don't care. I don't care where we go. And neither should the players. Right. Neither should the players. And neither should the fans because our version of football is going to be championship caliber football from day one. And if it's not championship caliber football, then we got a whole nother set of problems, not where we're going to play. What, um, what are some of the things that players are going to hear from you so much that they're tired of hearing it, that they start to kind of roll their eyes and go, yes, coach, we know. Yes. Yes. We understand. Um, no, that would, some my, of that, that, that would be my you? wife. That would be my wife hearing my pregame speech. <laughs> <laughs> that poor that poor lady, God love her. She's heard every one of these a hundred times. I, I think there's um every year I try to come up with um some type of slogan that we can hang our hat on. Okay. And uh, it, it, you know, in year one, it was do your job because we really I had eleven days to build a team. Okay. Um and we ended up winning the championship. In year two, um it became burn the boats. And I'm a big uh, historian buff and um, Captain Cortez mm-hmm. on the shores, Mexico defeats all the Aztecs but the way he defeated them was once they moored their boats, he had them burn them so they had no choice, you either win or you die right? right. How, how's that for motivation? So it was burn the boats we're all in, we're all in on the championship right? So I was trying to think of something and I don't know if you guys know the story of the cow and the buffalo have you guys ever heard that? But no, Mm-mm. this is kind of where this is kind of where the gunslingers are right now. Um, the cow, when the storm's coming, I'm talking the wrath of God. I'm talking about lightning, thunder, hail, tornadoes, high winds, everything. When it's that bad, the cow will get up and he'll start running away from the storm. And the funny thing is, when you run from a storm, you never really get out of it because it follows you, right? Uh, the buffalo which is true, will turn and run into the storm because he knows if he's going to take the wrath of God, but when he punches through, he's going to get all the benefits of it. He's going to get the puddles. He's going to get the fruit to fill off the trees. He's going to get the soft grass to lay in and heal up. Meanwhile, the cow's still running, right? Hmm. So I like that. we're going to be, we're going to be a team of buffaloes. 
Okay, because we're going to have a hell of a lot more adversity than good things happen to us early on because we're new, we're brand new the way we're going at this. And that goes for the league, not knowing the league we're in, not knowing this. It'd be easy to just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. I want us to run into it, and I want us to have the mindset that um, you can't defeat us. We're going to go after you. We're going to do what's necessary to make things happen, and we're going to continue to do that. And I think um, – if I can surround myself with four or five coaches that have that mindset, 25 guys, uh, front office that's behind us, guys like yourself supporting us, um, you know, that's why I can say that's our goal for 2024. I like it. I'll tell you, you Coach, we're a show that uh, follows both the Brahmas and the XFL and then the Gunslingers wherever they end up, uh, and we will always be behind you, but there will be times. Um, that you Hang on, log I'm gonna, on I'm and listen to here, us. Guys. Hold on a second. I'm just going to plug okay. in here real quick. There'll uh, be times you log on or listen to us, and you may not like what we say because we're not uh, required by the team to hold any particular line. We don't. We're not. Uh, and there are times that all of our coaches that we've had in the past have not liked us. Um, yep. oh, so there I may be not. times that you don't like. I'm us. not. In, I'm not included though. They all like me. Well, they they love RC. RC. They it's me and Philip. We're we're the troublemakers. <laughs> right. But I guess I guess here's my point though, right? Um if all you ever heard were accolades, you'd have no reason to get better, right? Yeah, so yeah, right. Um, it's true. you know, part of being a good coach, I think, is you have to be coachable. And not all the minutiae, not all the BS that comes in, not all the crap that comes in is ever gonna be um worth listening to, okay? Um, but there is, there are segments of it that are hard to hear, but needed to be here, heard rather. So I just think, you know, listen, I, I wouldn't want you to have canned answers or canned questions or canned comments with me because just as hard as you're going to, you know, um, maybe be on us at times, I'm going to be just as hard on us and I'll probably bounce it back to you and be hard on you too. So it's okay. And if, as long as we all have thick skin at the end of the day, um, you know, we're fine. I, I always know this is that if you can't, if you can't take criticism, then how in the world do you think you're authorized to give it? Right. And, and what people don't understand is, is that criticism is a byproduct of the word critique. So it's the only thing a coach has in his six shooter is the ability to critique a player. Now, if the player hears it and assumes that is criticism that's on him but it's a critique it's an opportunity to get better the same thing's true with discipline i discipline i run a discipline program discipline is not punishment discipline is an opportunity to get better every day and hold yourself accountable that's all it is it's not it's not a bad thing so if you're going to be critical on us the only thing i ask is have merit to it don't talk out your ass you know, it, it, opinion's great, and if you if you preface it by saying this is my opinion, you'll never hear me say another word, because you're allowed to have whatever opinion you want. But if you bring it across as fact, and I know it's not fact, I'll argue with it until we're blue in the face, right? But more often than not, it's opinion, right? What does Nick Saban say? Ands and buts. Did you ever hear this? Ands and buts. If you ask somebody a question. You ask somebody about somebody and they say, and it's usually a good thing after that, you know, 
what do, what do you like about Coach Manass? Oh, he's there, there, there. And he's really a good family guy. Oh, that's nice. But if you hear, what about Coach Manass? Yeah, he's a, he's a decent coach, but it's always Not a bad thing. Right? right? So ands and buts is what it's about. Right? And, and so you try to get more ands and buts if you can. And, um, but you're never going to be perfect. So you got to be willing to listen to the criticism too. So, sure. Well, I know coach, you mentioned your wife and I've done a segment um, on the podcast called mom to mom, where I interview oh. the players, moms, and that's how the fans get to know the players. But I, also awesome. do a, I also do a segment called wife to wife. So I would like to um, have you share that with your wife that I would love to interview her. And so oh, the geez. fans can get to know her too. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> the, the reason the, you know i i think i think strong men are gravitated towards very strong women right yes absolutely she is the rock of gibraltar okay so um she has no problem going toe-to-toe with me on things and 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 uh i mean it'll be right after a game i mean right after a game where we lost and we lost by six or seven points and you know, and the ref made a bad call or we dropped the ball or I blew the call or whatever. And she would always come in the locker room, the coach's locker room after the game. And I'm sitting there. She go, she'll sit next to me. She gives me that loving wife look. And I'll say, yeah, honey, I know. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. But I got a question. Why did you do this in the third? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what would- what would Mrs. Manas do to you, Coach, if you reached over the wall and knocked down a ball in the end zone? Oh my! <laughs> no, I, I would. I, first of all, it had to be a confession the next day, and right. uh, yeah, and and the the thing is, is that we're really big on, um, especially with our grandkids, is you know always trying to do the right thing so they can see it and it's a reflection to them, Absolutely. right? So. Um, you know, it's funny because, like I said, we live out in the country and Eli and we drive our four wheelers and go to the hunting blinds and do all that stuff. And Eli's got a cowboy hat. And so I came back and I was trying to explain to him, he's three, and I was trying to explain to him that I'm going to a team called the Gunslingers. And he didn't know what that meant. I showed him the logo and he thought that was cool because now he can wear his cowboy hat to games and he's all yeah. excited. He goes, can I wear camo? And I go, you can wear anything you want, man. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, so, um, yeah, no, Susan, um, she is uh, the smartest, brightest, most fantastic woman, uh, I, you know, uh, I, I've ever had the, the luck, the luck uh, uh, of being uh, with. And as a matter of fact, by the time this airs, uh, our anniversary is on the same day that we're doing the announcement. So. Yeah, it was great. I got out of a present. I said, hey, I gave you a whole football team. There you How go. Many years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so it, it, it was good. And, uh, but yeah, she'd love that. I'm sure. I'm great. sure. I look forward yeah, to it. I want to edit it. I want to edit it when it's done. That's not how that works. <laughs> how many years have you guys been married, coach? Mm, 15 years. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, what's funny is, um, the uh, we have a blended family, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like the Brady Bunch, you know, my three, her three, and then um, uh, but the her kids were younger, so I, uh, I, I was a big part of their upbringing, and so they're they're my kids, is what I always say. We're all one family, and 
Um, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, when we moved from Canada back to the U.S. after Toronto, um, it was always, we got to get a bigger house. We got to, you know, we, you, all the kids and now the grandkids and all this. It doesn't matter how big your house gets, it's never big enough because they're always here. They never yeah. leave. You know, they're always coming over, doing this, doing that. And so it, it's great. Um, super blessed with that whole thing. And like I said, without Susan, uh, I wouldn't be able to do what I do because she allows me to do this. And I don't think a lot of people really appreciate what a coach's wife goes through when the coach is away, you know, especially on a big piece of property like we have. I'll call her up. I go, what are you doing? She goes, I'm on the tractor. I'm getting, you know, I'm doing this. And I'm like, honey, don't do that. Call a guy, you know, no, no, I'll get it. And, you know, a tree went down. What are you doing? I'm chopping it up. I'm taking that. You don't have to do that, you know, and, but the stuff they do, keeping the house, keeping the family together, keeping all that, and then still finding time to fly out every other week to come to games and to make sure that you know that they're behind you. And, um, and just so blessed with her, you know, it's, it's great. So. Well, usually um, at the end of, uh, of an interview, I do some quick questions that have probably nothing to do with football. So are you ready for some quick fire questions? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your favorite t uh, pizza toppings? Um, Italian sausage. Okay. Um, I know that uh, when you were back here in San Antonio, we probably had breakfast tacos and we still do. What's your favorite breakfast taco? Um. I don't know what you would call it, but I, I it was a, 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 a egg taco, but it had potatoes in it. Yes. A potato oh, and egg taco? Yeah, yeah, that thing was okay. like... And, 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 yeah, it, when, it was really funny because when I was in San Antonio, I actually lived over a, a Mexican restaurant. Ooh. And um, I when I when I showed up, they gave me the, the guy who rented me the room. That was one of his rooms upstairs, you know, an apartment upstairs of his restaurant. And part of my deal was his daughter brought me breakfast and dinner every day. Wow. wow. And so I That's ate some of the nice. best food, you know, and, and it was fantastic. Oh, and, yeah. And um, you don't get those I'm, kind of deals anymore. Let's just put it no, that way. <laughs> I'm gaining weight hearing that story. Yeah. It was I know, awesome. right? Yeah, I was what's, I was a lot bigger then, you know. So I was about three ten. So yeah, yeah. What's your favorite football movie? Uh, toss up. Um, originally, I would probably say um, Brian's song, the original Brian song. Sure, sure. Mm because -hmm. um, I grew up, you know, I watched that and cried in my room all night. Um, and then I would probably say, uh, you know, there's been some great fun ones and some, you know, I think any given Sunday is probably the closest to real pro football. Gotcha. Um, one that's ever been made. Uh, I could relate to a lot of stuff that happened in that. Um, but then I'd probably say greater the most recent one greater, um, which is more of a religious based one. Um, that, that hit me hard, you know, um, being a true story too. So, mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, growing up, who was your favorite football player? Jack Lambert. Yes. No yes. teeth and smoked a half pack of cigarettes at halftime. You got to love it. And last question. What song is in your playlist or top three um, songs that are in your playlist? I am the world's largest Earth, Wind & Fire fan. And okay. so everything Earth, Wind & Fire, um, 
uh, the family already has the uh, stuff that at my funeral they have to play Fantasy by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. <laughs> and just FYI, I don't know if you know this, but we were actually voted the best arena football podcast in the country. Somewhere. Well, I'll tell you what, I hope I didn't drop your ratings down too much. <laughs> no, not at all. But no, that you know that that that's what I'm saying is that if we all have a standard of performance like you guys do, right? Where you're the best in the country, what you do. I, I can say this, and it, you know, in 21 and 22, um, unilaterally, we were voted the number one indoor football team in the United States in Albany, right? Mm -hmm. And out of all the leagues, all the teams, and all that, and my goal is to make the San Antonio Gunslingers recapture that role that's my goal so uh, i how can we go wrong with the number one podcast uh, you that's know right by our side right. yeah. you've already got that going for you yep yeah <laughs> we'll check one box right so we're good Coach, we're we're super excited about what the future looks like for the gunslingers no matter what the league uh we we wind up under is and we're very excited we're nothing but uh, three fans. We've got mm -hmm. full-time jobs. Leo works in IT, right? Leo, that's, that's IT, yes. right? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. RC is a speech, <laughs> speech pathologist, and I'm a pastor. Um, so we oh, just, really? uh, yeah, I'm a minister. Well, me too. <laughs> we'll have to yeah. hang out some. Uh, yeah. But we're really I'm excited about get what the goes with the way I talk. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's but it's, God and I have a relationship. So He lets me when I'm talking football. He lets me do my thing. I just have to go and ask for forgiveness when I'm done. But sure. you know, if I try to do more good than bad, He kind of lets me slide too. So we're okay. Right. But no, no. And, and guys, I, I just want to end it, if I can with this is that um, I I I know for some people it's it's tough to hear. Um, you got a new coach and there's mm -hmm. some people that I'm sure were very fond of coach Shaw uh, sure. and the job he did. And, and I just want to say this, I thought he did a hell of a job. Okay. And um, I think, I think he's a great young man. That's going to have nothing but opportunities in front of him. Okay. Um, we're different in a lot of ways. We're, we're different in a lot of ways. And um, I'm not saying my way is better the, than his way or anything like that. I want to applaud him for, you know, he, he, what he started here. And, um, you know, I'm hopeful that I can take it over the goal line now for us, um, uh, moving forward. But, um, uh, I just want the fans to know that it's out of mutual respect that I say that because, um, it's never easy, um, leaving a team that you feel so passionately about. And I know he did. Okay. Absolutely. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, like I said, we, we, we have goals and um, we're going to try to adhere to him and hopefully make him proud of what he started here one day. Absolutely. He is head that. coach and general manager, Tom Manas of your San Antonio gunslingers. He has taken some time to join us for the last hour. We really appreciate you coach. We're going to, yes. we're going to let you go. And then we're going to talk about you behind your back. So if you're really <laughs> curious day. about what we you're said, my house. You can listen all the time. Later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much, coach. We really thank appreciate you, it. We're looking forward to the future. Thank you. Thanks. My pleasure. Look forward to it. Bye now. We'll see you soon. Head coach Tom Minas. Uh, so uh, he brings up um, as we, as we wrap things up, we want to spend a few minutes talking about, you know, uh, all that's happened. Um, yeah. He brings up how quickly this has happened. Uh, you know, our last show 
was Coach Shaw. Um, yeah. And between that show and this show, um, and really in the past few days, uh, this has all happened and this has all changed. I, I will in tell a whirlwind. you, uh, it has been, um, mm-hmm. obviously. And I love the fact that without any, without us leading him there or anything like that, Coach Manoff says, hey, um, he respects Fred Shaw. We do too. We, we like working with Fred Shaw. Um, I think the world of him, I have a lot of respect for him, and I love what he did with the two years he was with this football team. Um, ownership decided to move another direction, and I'll be really honest with you, when I heard those rumblings, and I think folks that have listened to the show would know, uh, my big concern is who are you going to get that's better? Right. Yeah. Are you going to get somebody better than Fred Shaw? Because he's cooked in those players. He's started something here for two years. When I got the phone call this weekend and they said, we are going to replace Fred Shaw. Who would you want to replace him with? The first person I said was Tom and us. And they said, well, how, how would you feel if that was actually the case? And I said, if that's who you've got, I get it. Um, I like Fred. But I really appreciate and respect Tom Manas and what I've seen over the last few years uh, that I've known of him and watched him coach. He's a he's an old ball coach. He's he's mm-hmm. a football coach in that um, almost stereotypical sort of football coach. Yeah, old school. What about mm-hmm. you, Leo? Yeah, well, you know the the Gunslingers are a young organization. This you know they've mm-hmm. only been around. If you go back to the AAL days, it's been three years now, three complete seasons. Um, and a lot of times when you're a young organization, you know, you preach patience, you preach, uh, you know, stick with us. We're building something, uh, you know, we're working towards something and that takes time. But, you know, those who have stuck with us, it's going to be great once we get there. But, you know, one of the transitions that this team, this young team went through was a uh, the ownership and this ownership has a different mentality than most ownership groups would have that you would think when they, when they're taking on a brand new uh, fledgling organization, something that's, they're just building from the ground up where, you know, they want to compete, they want to build something, but they're not thinking it's championship. And right now we're, we're, we're gunning for a championship right now. A lot of times that's not something that you would consider, realistic you know there's reason that they're called you know there's reason that they're expansion teams new teams coming in they take their knocks um this ownership group doesn't want to take knocks they don't want that learning curve they don't want that growth you know they're swinging for the fences right off the bat and um you know coach shaw did a really admirable job with the san antonio gunslingers uh Maybe better than than most, if not anybody else, you put in that situation sure. could have could have done. So you, you like we talked about that. We said you know if you're gonna replace, if you're gonna move on from Coach Shaw, you better it better be someone that you're gonna bring in that you know has a true uh, a pr- a proven track record. record. Someone that you know that's gonna come in and really people are gonna go oh okay that this guy's definitely one that's gonna you know, get you to where you want to be when you want to be there that quickly. And there's a really short list of names of coaches very that short. I think fit that very, very short. Very short. Mm-hmm. And Tom Anas is on that list. I agree. And I can see how Don Rackler and him do have a lot in common. Yes. 
very, very, uh, it's very apparent to me. Very simpatico, very, yeah. uh, very much alike. And that's a great thing. Um, remember that this new ownership group or this ownership group did not select Fred Shaw. Um, and lots of times new owners no. come into any sports team and they want their guys, they want their folks making the decisions. Um, the fact that Fred Shaw had two full seasons as the gunslingers coach um, shows that, that I think they gave him the opportunity. Um, they did not walk in the door and say, Hey, you can finish out this season, but no matter where we are, we're moving on. Um, and we're going to go get our guy. And then they moved into the second season and, and whatever metric they set, they, they felt like it fell short and the opportunity kind of fell in their lap to pick up one of the best, a two-time head coach. Look, you talk Leo about a proven track record. It's there. The track mm -hmm. record is there. It exists. Yeah. Um, we don't have to look any further than two back-to-back uh, -back championships in the NAL mm -hmm. and championship football translates to every level no matter where we end up as a team a championship mindset is going to transfer um no matter where that is yeah the championship and in the thing, cfl as well i mean it's at yeah. multiple levels yeah one thing that i think i brought up last time was that uh for the last two years coach started off it was him and another coach then it went back to him he started off this year just him being the coach then he had another coach and this coach mentioned right away he was going to get four or five coaches. And I think that could be the difference. One of my only um, criticisms, and I didn't say it loudly because I want the guy to do his job and do, the, do it the way he feels comfortable. One of the only criticisms I ever really held on to with Coach Shaw was that I felt like he did not have a full coaching staff at any point. True. The he had guys that limited. he... He, he had guys that he trusted, guys that he loved, and guys that were great. I'm not taking anything away from who he had. I would love to see you have two or three or four of those guys instead of just one other guy. Um, but I didn't I, I didn't ever have that conversation with Coach Shaw. And so if he's listening now, he's going, I, you never said that to me. Well, no, that's not my place. It's not my place to go, hey, you need to hire more coaches. If the owners want to tell you that, they can tell you that. I'm just a fan. Um, so that's not my place. But it's one of the things that I always – kind of felt like he would have been better served with more folks helping him uh, uh, get where we wanted to go, get where he wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and we don't know for certain that that wasn't a restriction put on him by ownership at the beginning, That's you know, too. the original ownership. Right. That right. could have been something where, you know, it's it, there, there were some limitations there. Um, and then, you know, he brought in Coach Rich – uh, for the second season, who another another coach with with history and and you know had had some experience and and came in and, and helped, but but still you need you need more than than one other coach on on your staff and, and we don't so, know yeah. necessarily that that was Coach Shaw digging in on that or if it was because of other factors. We're not we're not making any assumptions here, but yeah, that, that definitely made the job uh, tougher for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And just speaking on behalf of this this fan base and myself included, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not separating myself from from those, you know, San Antonio, uh, the San Antonio fan base is a 
loyal one or one that likes to to attach themselves to players mm-hmm. and, and coaches and the, the people that they get behind and they support. And Coach Saw is no uh, exception to that. <laughs> and a lot of the players on this team are definitely no exceptions to that. You know, I, I you know, I, I feel the loss of knowing that yes. Coach Shaw isn't going to be sure. the head coach of the Gunslingers yeah, I would, uh, yeah. in the 2024 season. You know, as, as great as Coach Tom Manas is and his history and his accolades and, and his, his proven acumen and, and championships, I still feel that loss, you know. Right. And, and as a fan of the players, I'm going to feel that loss, which Coach made it apparent, you know, we're going to we're going to see a lot of a lot of turnover on this roster we are in the interest of you know him wanting part of it is putting the best team the best players available that he can get the best talent he can get which someone with his background is gonna you know draw some talent yeah. that maybe sure. we weren't able to draw before but also part of that as he explained could depend on the league and how many uh, players or veterans he's allowed to carry but he was preparing us to know yes, that was- there's there's gonna be some changes, and you know I, I'm glad the one the one name he mentioned was was Kylie Rashad, number you know, five, my baby. favorite player on the football planet, uh, Coach Manas, uh, <laughs> my favorite player, <laughs> my favorite football player on the planet, regardless of league. Um, but you know there's so many factors. They're professionals. Uh, the the game of football is a business as well right. as a sport. And, and Kali may want to do something different. And if he does, you know, more power to him. And I'm going to be a fan of his wherever he goes. Uh, like I said, uh, short of the Kansas city chiefs, um, I will, right. you know, root for him very, very hard where, wherever he is. And the, the gunslinger fan base is going to feel this and it's, it's gonna, there's going to be some mixed emotions, but from this interview, I'm hoping a lot of things that Coach Manas had to say can kind of ease that ease a little it. bit. Uh, so. You I know, I so. do think I do think number five, Kali Rashad, would look really good in steel gray and yellow. Oh yes, he yes, would. I love that. Yes, he would. I'm hoping in my in my little head. I'm hoping and in my heart that we don't see him with the Gunslingers and we see him with the XFL. That's just my personal opinion. But not just the XFL, not no, just any- the XFL, the no. Brahmas, the Brahmas. <laughs> yeah, the Brahmas. There's another coach that might see this or hear this, and you know his name rhymes with uh, Flying's board. And, there you go. And he's <laughs> right. listening. All right, Leo, and, you're stretching and, and on that this. one. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Kali um, is definitely deserving of yes. opportunities for sure. Hometown we have fans. never been one to shy away from looking at the future of things. And I really wish we could talk more about what the future is going to bring. We just don't know a lot right now. I, I will tell you that I would not be surprised. Um, no matter what league, we, no league would surprise me at this point, save the NFL. Um, if the <laughs> gunslingers or the XFL, I guess. Uh, if the gunslingers became a part of none of the indoor leagues would surprise me at this point, based on what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hearing staying in the NAL. I'm hearing AFL Uh, coach Manas has a history, has a connection with the AFL. So that may even be a signal. I don't know. Um, I'm hearing IFL. 
I'm hearing AIF with Corpus Christi and our friends from the OG3. The OG3. Um, just had a conversation with them today that they are uh, uh, wanting to see the gunslingers wind up down there or wind up up there with them. So, so many possibilities. Lots of possibilities. I don't know. I love that we heard from James Steubing, and I related to you folks on the show about a month ago that there are lots of opportunities. There are lots of suitors. Um, they're fielding lots of phone calls. There will be gunslinger football next year. That's mm -hmm. all we knew at the time, and that's all we still know. Um, well, I'll take that a step further. James Steubing said there will be gunslinger football next season. And wherever that is, the Gunslingers will be playing for a championship. They will yes. be contention yeah. for a championship, wherever that league might be. And I love that that was reiterated, that that, that same mentality was from Coach Manas when he said, I don't care which league it is, whichever, okay. league, it's, whichever league it is, we're going to go and we're going to win a championship. I so, and I'm okay with that if we're staying in the NAL. Let's go yeah. with a championship. I'm okay with that I, if we are um, going to the AIF, which is all new teams that are gathering together into a new league. I think if it's something like the IFL that we wind up in, the the goal of having the championship team in a brand new established league like that is a big one. But I'm okay with it. Like let's bite off as much as we can, and if it's too much to chew, we'll deal with that later. Um, that would be the one that would surprise me is if it's the IFL uh, and it's established and you've got really good teams playing really good uh, uh, indoor football up there to step into that league and go, Hey, we're here and we're going to win the championship. Seems a little yeah. brash to me, um, but I'm all for it. Like we might mm -hmm. as well be brash and make a name for ourselves as we walk into the door of whatever we walk into, or if we stay in the NAL, which is, absolutely a possibility the nal looks anemic right now but i actually heard somebody today say that they are planning on at least 11 teams in the nal if that's, that's the promising. case and if that's the case i'm okay with that like the nal yeah. would be a a fine landing spot if they have 11 or 12 teams that's great i can handle that as i don't know where those are coming cheerleaders. from well we yeah. the cheerleaders i mean that's really you know that's important too <laughs> That's the most important thing. Or me. Well, if you don't, as a head coach, have that mentality that you're going to be, you know, the best team on the field every game and going to win a championship, then you don't need to be the head coach of the San Antonio Gunslingers. Coach Fred Shaw would have said the exact same thing. Sure. Yes. Sure. Word for word. So let me ask a question because mm -hmm. I've, I've been tooling this over in my mind and you two are like the two uh, that have been there with us all the way through uh, as we've done this show. What number head coach is Tom Manas? Fourth or third for the Fourth. for the organization? Fourth. I would say third. See, I would say third too. And honestly, what officially I would say third because Tony Hernandez was hired to be the head coach. Quentin Humphreys was the interim head coach. Fred Shaw was hired. Now Tom Manas was hired. So you've had three hired. Frankly, I would like cut off Tony Hernandez. He did one game. He got a started. That doesn't really count. Whatever. Um, I don't feel like that counts. I feel like Quentin Humphrey was the coach of record yeah. that year. Yes, uh, I would Fred agree. Fred Shaw for was sure. the coach of record for those two years. 
Tomanas is the coach of record going forward. I still think it's three. I just don't think it's the official three. I would I would leave uh, Coach Hernandez off of that because I feel like one game does not – you're not the coach of record at that point. The, the coach of record for that season was Quentin Humphrey. Well, see, I, I thought you were going the other way with that, and I was going to argue with you on it because uh, I thought you were going to say uh, Coach Q would be – as an interim head coach, you're not the official head coach – uh, of an organization, but I, I'm glad you I mean, feel the opposite way because I mean, somebody out totally, there that's yeah. keeping books would say it that way, but I'll be really honest. We're, we're as much the historians of this league of this yes. team as anybody else is. And in my history, um, it's, it's the first season was Quentin Humphrey. The two seasons, two subsequent seasons were Fred Shaw, Tom and us going forward. Uh, I'm not discounting, Tony Hernandez, but I just don't feel like like he was the team president. He set the team up. He did all of those things. I don't want to take that away from him, but he coached one game. One game. That doesn't make you the head coach of the team, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, if he gets mad at me, uh, he can find me on Pal- in Palacios on a map, and he'll beat the ever-living car out of me because he's huge. <laughs> yeah, he um, will. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I just don't feel like he's the coach of record for that first season. I really feel like Coach Q is the coach of record for that season. Um, so I would still say three, but it would be those three. Um, and then if you had to add Tony in there, it would be four. Uh, Manas would be the fourth. Okay. You guys have convinced me it's three. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's exciting. I mean, really, I would not have been okay with this move if they had – let go of Fred Shaw and went out and hired some high school football head coach that is really well liked in the San Antonio area, but has never had any um, connection to an indoor game, which, which I didn't see any other options. I didn't honestly think that the prize of coach and GM out there, Tom Manos would wind up with the gunslingers. It just never seems to work out that way for your team, you know? Um, yeah, I, I knew he was out there. I knew he existed, but I just didn't think that, you know, somebody's going to pick him up, but it can't be, it won't be us. Especially right. a, as young an organization as, as the gunslingers True. are. And that, uh, that is a huge credit, a huge credit, which is kind of what I was getting to at the very beginning when I asked coach on that coach Manas on that, you know, you initiated the call which I find very interesting that that shows a level of respect. Now he explained he he wasn't calling because he thought there was a position available. He was calling because he thought that the gunslingers were seeking him out for some sort of advice, some sort of help, some sort of conversation that they thought maybe coach Manas would be able to give them some input or help them on the fact that the, the fact of the matter is he had enough respect for this organization. Yes. That, he sought out and got the number and called to figure out what that was, where a lot of coaches of his his status in this sort of situation and this level of a league would have just been like, if they want to find me, they'll if, find me. Yeah, if they want me, they know where to get me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That 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 speaks a lot for this organization and this and this ownership group. Well, I can tell too. you. Um I think anybody that has paid attention to 
our good buddy Ralph Judkins um, mm-hmm. over the past year and a half that he's been calling Gunslingers games will note that Ralph has gotten considerably better on the X's and O's side of arena football. He has learned a lot very quickly, and he can uh, analyze those things uh, in-game, which is really, really hard. And then he's come on the show with us and and given us some great insight. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that a lot of that, um, he may get mad at me for telling you this, a lot of that is because he developed a relationship early on this year with Coach Tom and us. They have Ooh. talked all year long. They have been connected. Tom has given him, uh, Coach Manas has given him, uh, you know, things to look for at every position when you watch film and some of those kind of things. The reason Ralph has gotten better as a broadcaster is because of Coach Tom Manas and the relationship they built. Um, mm. and, and that was before Tom Manas had any reason to help the broadcaster of the San Antonio Gunslinger. Now he's part of the organization. He'll absolutely have a relationship with Ralph. But even before that, uh, they just connected with each other and and uh, Coach Manoff spent time helping Ralph get better uh, as a broadcaster for j- just to help, just, just to be a part of, of helping. I think a lot of Coach Manas, I really thought a lot of him going back to Albany. There was the situation yeah. where he got fired at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year before they even started the game, which, by the way, everybody blames on A.B. A.B. wasn't even in charge of the team at that time. The The previous ownership is, is from what I've heard, more responsible for Manas's first exit. But the fact that he was willing to come back, say all the right things, do all the right things. And he told you why um, here in this interview. He said, hey, I wasn't going for the ownership. I wasn't going for the money. I didn't need it. It was all about keeping football in Albany, which he wasn't ultimately able to do for that season. But it was about fans and players that he felt deserved an opportunity to have a team there in Albany. I gained a lot of respect right there. He walked into a line stand. It was no secret. By the time he took that job again, yeah. that it was a nightmare situation. Um, but he walked in to try to make the best of it. And I gained a lot of respect for Tom Manas right then and there. Because I don't know how many no. coaches would do that. Like almost set yourself up no. for failure. No. Yeah. Not a lot. And, and he definitely cares a lot about his players. I mean, that 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 demonstrated that what he said on this show earlier uh, – I think spoke a, 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 a lot about him and the fact that he mentioned uh, and he even said, you know, ownerships probably get mad at me for this, but, but he said how important it is to take care of your players, compensate them. He mentioned house them well, you know, yes. uh, give, give them, you know, give them things to, uh, to facilitate what they're going through as a professional football player uh, representing your organization. And, you know, you think you think, oh yeah, a coach. You know, everybody feels that way. We as fans understand that. But at this level of football, no. yeah, yeah, no. These guys, these these players out there, have to fight tooth and nail for everything they've got coming for them. And to have a coach of his status actually advocating for them that that's a rare thing because at this I've level, learned, I've learned. Two or three things uh, as we've done this for the past three years, past three seasons. One of those is if you take care of your players, 
other players hear about it and want to be a part of your organization. Sure. You can have your pick if you take care of your players. There are a ton of players out there that want to play for Tom Manas because he takes care of his players. Um, I've heard that not just from Tom tonight. I've heard that around the league and from players directly. Uh, the other thing is every team we're, we're in San Antonio where we have an ownership group that believes that that believes that it is right to take care of the players and right to do the right thing. But I will tell you that in the indoor version of the game, it's about 50, 50. There are some owners that are so strapped Mm -hmm. for what they can do that they have to cut corners everywhere they can. And that means housing the players in that place that you wouldn't take your family to stay, um, you know, doing everything they can within their rules to save the money um, because they're, they're running right on the ragged edge and that gets around as well. Like there are players I've talked to that say, you will never believe the, the housing, the hotel they had me in, in X, Y, and Z. And uh, you know, the things I woke up to the um, things that were in my room in the night that I could hear scratching, like, Mm. yeah. I mean, I've heard those stories and uh, and they're doing everything they can. To, I'm not blaming them. I'm not saying they're they're bad owners. They've just got limited resources and yeah. that makes things tough. Um, well, I know he said a word that the first season we said this word, Philip, you actually said this word. It was almost like taboo. Do you remember what that word was that you got a lot of heat for? Brad Johnson? Coachable. <laughs> coachable you said coachable and oh my coachable. god like, you're right yeah it was like a, a four-letter word or something i was like what the heck you know and he said it a couple times and i was like oh thank god he said it not philip because we'd be in trouble all over again it's a deep cut right there leo brad johnson i got a lot of trouble for brad johnson you sure I, did man i sunk a whole relationship with a starting quarterback over the words brad johnson uh. Um, but yeah, I, I remember what RC's talking about too with Coach Moore. True, yeah, true. Yes, yes. But it's funny that Brad Jansen's the first thing that comes. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, um, it is important for guys to be coachable. Look, look. I I am truly a believer. I know a lot of football coaches because I've spent a lot of time around this sport, and the two things that coaches want they want guys that are available which means healthy and taking care of themselves in a way that they can be healthy and ready whenever you need them and the other thing is coachable if the, if you're those two things you have a leg up on everybody else on the field no matter what uh their physical um uh, abilities are you can be the less talented player on the field, but if you're available and you're coachable, coaches want you. Coaches will put you on their roster. Um, if you'll do what they tell you to do when they tell you to do it, and you're always ready for them when they want you, you'll be on rosters. Like you'll you'll be there. That's what coaches want. Let's yes. go around the table and name two players that we really hope will be back next year. I'll uh, go. Do I get to go first? All right, go first then. I thought it was Leo. No, I'm not going to. No, happened? I'm not going to go first. I'm not going to go first because I'm not going to take away Leo's guy, and there's no <laughs> other way to go. Well, I mean, I think we all have to agree uh, on on one name. I mean, I don't know, but uh, 
Before we get to that, I just want to point out because I just started laughing again because I just remembered there's I have a I have a helmet right right over there that's behind the Smoking Guns podcast logo mm-hmm. that you can't see right now, but there's there's a helmet right there that has signatures all on one side, and it's the 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 inaugural season the, that inaugural team they're all it's signed by all the players. I, I had the team do that; they're gracious enough to do that for me in that playoff game up in, in, uh, in Fort Worth. Um, but, um, it's, it's Phillip's fault that that helmet has Brad on it. (laughs) (laughs) There is a signature on there that says Brad. (laughs) And by the way, David, that I, I I would not change it. It's, it's it's perfect. I will always remember that. So thank you. Very clever. But yes, it's, Uh, it's, uh, it's, that man's fault right there. <laughs> it is. It absolutely said, is. You should have said Kirk Cousins like me. Yeah. Uh, sure. Um, yeah. Oh. Back, back, <laughs> back to, I digressed. You, so you're going to put me on the spot first? Go. Yeah, why not? I mean, the first name is easy, but the second name, you're making this really hard since you're only saying two. The first name for me is easy. I mean, I'd be a hypocrite to not say Cali Rashad when sure. I've been touting that he's my favorite football player on the planet. Right. Um, the second name, this, that's where I struggle because there's just so many guys, um, that have been so great and done a lot. So I'm not answering here, but I know there's guys like you've got, you know, Cody Brooks, you've got, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Kadir Chisholm, you got Philip Barnett. Um, you know, it's, there's several on this list that just have, done great things for the gunslingers and for the gunslinger fans. Um, and I'm truly gonna, you know, I'm truly gonna miss a a lot of those guys knowing that, that they're not, you know, even a majority is not going to be able to return. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really hard for me to say a second name. Um, but if, if, (laughs) if you're going to put me on, on the spot here, um, Kadir Chisholm. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. you know, number R- five. Go ahead. High five. Um, now no, no, no. He already took five. You got to take somebody else. Okay. Then uh, did you say Co- uh, Cody Brooks? He did not. No, I struggled okay, not Cody saying Brooks. his name though. Okay. Cody Brooks. And then the other one, depending on the league would be Drew. Drew Pierce. Drew Pierce. Gotcha. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Drew that would Pierce be my definitely. Uh, I would have to go with Philip Barnett. I love the guy. Yep. Um, not just cause we share a name, although that's awesome. Uh, and then, uh, since you guys have already, you, Cody's already out there, uh, Kadir and, uh, Kali are out there. Um, Philip Barnett and, uh, uh, if he's willing to play another season, Pierre Turner, is just kind oh, of a yeah. heart and soul leader For of sure. the team sort of guy. I really don't know what the San Antonio gunslingers look like without Pierre Turner and Cody Brooks. I know. Like to yeah. me, those two guys are from the beginning. Gunslinger. What I think of when I think of the gunslingers from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize they won't always be there. And but I I'm I'm selfish and I want more. I want I want yep. another another year with them. And I would love to see them 
their skills put to use in a Tom Minas system. Um, mm-hmm. Both of them. Just, I would love to see that. You, you know, you say that going back to the very beginning and the very first giveaway that the OG3 did for mm-hmm. the Gunslingers organization, they did a jersey giveaway. It was a signed jersey, and they wore two jerseys, um, Pierre Turner and Cody mm-hmm. Brooks. And I will always remember that because I was the lucky winner of the Pierre Turner jersey. Ooh. Yes, you were. And one of our, our – or two of our sponsors, uh, Mo and Iris, were the, were the winners of the uh, Cody Brooks jersey. And they are huge, huge Cody Brooks fans – Yes, and I, I know Cody Brooks is going to be on, on their list of, of please bring back. And he's on my list, too. I mean, RC just but I said, said I had to say two names. <laughs> I, yeah, be she great all, the two. Yes, it would, it would be great if all six of these guys that we mentioned. But um, we did let you go first, so you could have taken him. So he's not one of your favorite players, clearly. <sighs> that's not that's not the reason, but... The, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Cody, I'm I love you. You know we that. Love we you love know I love you, Cody. Yes. We're you know we're we're roommates. But I picked you, you know. Cody. Remember that. <laughs> um, I I'm I'm really excited for what the future looks like with the Gunslingers. Um, I, I hope we find out here in the next few weeks where we're going as far as a league that will quell a lot of the uh, churning stomach that I have. Yeah. I I don't know. Look, this is just my opinion. It means nothing to anybody, and I'm not trying to give any information away. I don't know anything you people don't know. If they came back and they said, hey, we're going back to the NAL, I'd be like, okay, let's go back to the NAL. But part of me would be like, "Eh, we've done that. I I would really like to see something new. Uh, You know, I don't know if that's the AIF with Corpus and Amarillo now in it. I don't know if that's the IFL and the big boys like that. I don't want to say that scares me, but that seems like a big step. Um, I like the IFL. That's what I, I mean. The like. idea, you know, I like the idea. It just it's it makes me a little more nervous about uh, that championship sort of mentality because it's going to be hard to walk into a league like the IFL and immediately pound your chest and say we're we're playing for a championship. It's a different game. Mm-hmm. I would miss the Nets. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would miss the um, Nets. And, and we may. And and look, I'll be a big cheerleader of the team. If we go back to the NAL, you see I'm wearing them right here. Mm-hmm. If we go back to the NAL, um, I'll be all in and like, yay, we're going back to the NAL. This yeah. is going to be great. Third straight year. We're now one of the anchor franchises because, uh, you know, Jacksonville's gone and Albany's gone and all of those things. And we're one of the ones that are still here. Um, but personally um part of me will just kind of feel like yeah we've done that let's do something different we've done that after everything that happened yeah after everything that happened to the nal this past season it's hard to get excited about it yeah it was tough to go through that season and deal with everything that we dealt with and every week something new happening um and knowing that jacksonville is gone yes just take some of the shine off the nal Something about Jacksonville. We love to hate them. We've said our thing. We've said our piece about Coach Gibson. Um, but something about one. the Sharks. <laughs> right. More than once. But something <laughs> about the Sharks just added something special to the yeah. NAL. And now Never that we know they're gone, 
it's it's weird. It, it would be weird. But if that's where we are, cool. James, if that's where we're going, all right, let's do it. Um, yeah. Take us along we'll for the ride. Here. Yeah, we'll still be here, and we'll still be super excited, and I won't have to get a new jersey or anything because I'll still have the NAL um, jersey. So maybe that's better. Save me some money. I don't have to get a new AIF or IFL or AFL. There's the AFL, which I'm going to be in trouble if we go to the AFL because they're going to go back and watch the very last episode we had where I said I would eat my hat. Oh, my God. If they played a down of AFL football, I'm going to be in trouble if we go there. But if we do, we do. Well, at least you 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 only have to eat it behind a fishing shirt because we added that caveat. I'm surprised you haven't given me a hard time about something else today. Something about else leaked on the internet this weekend that I thought you guys Cowboys. were gonna get that you were gonna give me a hard time about, Leo. That leaked on the internet. Oh, oh. Well, no, that wasn't a leak. I don't know what you're talking about. Leaked. I know about the trade. No, no. To Dallas and your about new the quarterback. No, no. Um, so tell us what we a- need to give you a hard time about. I don't want it. Uh, there's a picture out there of me in the booth on Thursday night at the JV game for the Palacios Sharks, and I was wearing a shark hat. I did notice that. I did notice that. It was a Jacksonville that. shark hat. I oh, did Lord. notice that. I did, but I said, well, the high school team is the Sharks, and maybe it's a high school team hat that just looks an awful, light, an awful lot like the Jacksonville Sharks hat. And so I gave you a pass, figuring there's no way that's a Jacksonville Sharks hat. It's it's got to be a Palacios Sharks hat, and you know Michael you see shared, Davis you see shared logos all all around, especially at As high school level. Should be. And so knowing that that's that was in fact a Jacksonville Sharks hat, <laughs> shame, on you, Sharks. shame on Michael you, Michael Wayne has every right to be upset with you as we are now. So wait, wait, I gave you the wait, benefit of the doubt. Wait, you get this, you get this. <laughs> What happened was, oh no, here we go. Here's the story. I got an opportunity to support a fellow NAL team Mm -hmm. and to have a hat for high school football that nobody else would have. But they're not in the NAL anymore. What do you mean, the fellow NAL team? At the time when I was there, I, yeah. At the time when I was there, they were in the NAL. No, sir. Championship, they were still technically in the NAL. Um, they had not announced anything yet. I knew it was coming, mm-hmm. but I still, I needed, you know, I got a a unique hat that nobody here in Palacios has that has our sharks and our color on it, um, our you colors, team colors. And I got to support another league. Hey, you're talking to the guy that owns a Houston Roughnecks hat. Um, I I like to support our fellow teams. I like to give them a little bit of help with their merchandising. There's not nothing wrong with that. You're not a true I'm a better fan than all of you. You're oh, not a true gunslingers fan. Unless you set that hat afire <laughs> on on a live video, you are not a true pure pure blood gunslingers fan. If I set a shark's hat on fire on the internet, I will get fired from my other two coverage jobs. My my paper job. And my uh, JV stadium announcer job because it's a shark's hat. I'm, I'm burning, but it's a Jacksonville hat. shark's hat, not a Palacios shark's hat. You just, <clears throat> you just made that clear. 
I was giving you a pass because I figured it was a Palacio <laughs> Sharks hat. Wow. Okay. There. All right. I have hey. I have one. I have one Jacksonville Sharks hat. I have like six San Antonio Gunslingers hats. Doesn't matter. And I, how I, many Palacio? How many? Ask me how many Kansas City Chiefs fans hats I have. Ask me. Zero. I, think I have one of those somewhere. Huh. Wow. I used to. Hey, smoking guns posse. <laughs> feel free to give Philip a hard all time. kinds of yeah. Send him a whole well, bunch we, of we, we, we already had it set on this show, so I'm just gonna say it. Give him shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta give put the E the, next to the show this time. Give him the shit that he deserves. <laughs> because wow. Wow. Because have, I support our fellow teams because I you know, help Send out. Send him your shark other... song. How how upset would we get if Jim Murnay came to San Antonio and bought a gunslinger hat? We'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Way to way to be a team player. Way to so, way to support us as well as your team. We would be all in for that. So if I buy you a Washington Commanders hat, you're going to wear it because you're going to support the other teams in your division and in no, your conference. That's not going to happen. Well, what? Hey, it's the same thing. What, no. What's this double standard here? The Washington Commanders are an evil organization. Oh, please. Evil. When was the, when was the last oh time the Washington God. Commanders the coach went out into the end zone and batted down a ball? They didn't. They haven't, oh. but I'm surprised they haven't. Hey, I'm look. George Allen used to have interns go climb trees outside of Valley Ranch <laughs> to spy on the Dallas Cowboys practices. Don't tell me that the Washington Redskins, Commanders, whatever they are right now, football team <laughs> is not an evil organization. They are. They That's are not because Jared Jones Smith is on there, and I'm not going to say that. Smoking Guns Posse, it is open season on Philip Higginbotham. No, it's not. Have at it. I am a Gunslinger fan through and through, but I also happen to own a Sharks hat. It's okay. It's all all right. It's not okay. 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 Guys, (laughs) when you hear this, when you see this, please come on our Facebook page and tell us if it's okay or not okay. We want to okay. know. It's okay. You don't have to come on our page. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, I do. know, and you know, it's okay. It's okay. Mm. It's perfectly mm-hmm. acceptable for for a media personality. A well, that's not even what I am. A fan. No, because if be you were, if we were in the commander days, you would be barred from doing that. Because you couldn't. Well, that's be, true. You, you couldn't wear any fandom as a so media there. person. We're gonna just have to agree to disagree, but I, I don't think there's gonna be many of many people are you, that are gonna agree with you, Philip. Are you trying to say that I'm disrespectful because I'm wearing another team's gear? Is that where no, you're going with I'm this? Because we've had that conversation. <laughs> I'm not saying you're disrespectful. I'm saying if you're wearing a rival team's colors or or you know specific item of their team, then. You're not a true fan. You, you're you through and through. Wow. You don't blue. You don't bleed the red, white, and blue. If you're wearing a Jacksonville hat, you're wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> it's fine. We're all it's wrong. Fine. Coach Manos. This is Coach Manos said it earlier. We're all wrong sometimes, and you're wrong here, and that's okay. Okay, uh, that's okay. It's we'll okay see. for you to be wrong. I'm going to ask Coach Tom Manos what he thinks about that when we, next time we talk to him. 
Do it. Oh, as a matter of fact, next next time we interview Coach Tomanas, why don't you wear that hat and let's see what he says? Yeah, see what happens. Uh, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> Are you gonna have to eat that one too? No. Oh man. Well, I'm looking forward to interviewing Susan, his wife. That'll be cool. Um, I'm very excited for everything that Coach Tomanas. I look, I've been a big fan of Coach Manas um, all season long. Uh, last year, I watched him from afar. I didn't really have any opinion about him one way or the other. Uh, he was just a coach for another team. But I watched how he comported himself and how he handled himself this season uh, and all of the weirdness that he went through. And he did it with class all the way around. He never took shots at the other other folks, the folks that fired him, the folks that made his mm-hmm. life so rough that he had to quit and leave for his own sanity. He never took shots at them. He just said, Hey, my goals for this team and ownership goals for this team are different. And so we're going to part ways. Um, I thought he handled himself very classy in a very, you know, a very classy manner. So I'm a big fan of Tom and Austin. I'm so excited that he's going to be the head coach. Uh, and general manager. And that's the part that I'm really, really excited about because he gets to handle football operations. They're not just going to hand him the ingredients and tell him to cook the meal. He's going to get to go shop. Uh, and I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about what that means um, for our gunslingers. Bye, RC. RC. Lost her. We lost her. We lost her. Yeah, I... I am excited as well. I I I, I like Coach Tomanas. Um, uh, great guy from this interview. I mean, we we had we had a good time talking to him even before, you know, uh, privately yeah. before we went went on online with the interview. Uh, I'm excited and interested to see what 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 he brings uh, to the city of San Antonio and the Gunslingers organization. Um, I believe him when he says he believes. It's going to be a championship wherever we're playing, um, but it, it it is bittersweet. I I I, I yes, you know yeah, I, I am I am you know I do have some some emotions and mixed feelings here about about moving on without Coach Shaw. I wish he had had an opportunity to win that championship that I know he really really yeah gave his best to bring to the the city of San Antonio, bring this team that he did, and even Coach Tom Manas said that he you know, took a lot of, of pride and cared deeply for this team. Yeah. Um, and anytime, anytime you separate yourself or, or whatever situation where you have to separate ways from someone who's, who had that dedication, it's, it's going to be tough. So yeah. um, I, I got to give him his due and his respect and, and thank uh, coach Shaw for what he did for this organization in the time that it was here. And um, I wish him nothing but the best where, wherever he goes. Yeah, I hope we see him be very successful in his next endeavor um, and mm-hmm. that is his place he lands for a long time. I've got no uh, no ill will, no hard feelings. I really like um, Coach Fred Shaw. I really appreciated the time that he spent with us, uh, the way he embraced us as a show. Look, they don't have to do that. That's not their job. Their job is to coach football. And so for Coach Manas, Coach Shaw, um, We've been very lucky with this show. Um, we've also had trouble before. Uh, back in the Commander's days, 
we didn't get Coach Mark, Mike Riley on the show. He had better things to do. Uh, he had to coach a football team, mm-hmm. and I understand that. I get that. Um, but we've been very lucky with this iteration of the show to have the head coaches understand that the fans are just as important um, and and join us and spend time with us. And even Coach Hines Ward of uh, the uh, Brahmas has done that. So yep. um, we're thankful for that, and we're certainly thankful for the way that, that Fred Shaw always had time for us. Um, the only times that I ever wanted Fred Shaw to come on the show and he wasn't able to, he was coaching football. Mm-hmm. He was he was in practice. He was getting them ready for the next game, and that's his job. Um, you can say no to me all day long if you're coaching football. You can say no to me for a lot of reasons, but I'm, I'm always going to understand that you're out there doing your job and getting them ready for the next game. Well, Leo, what else is there? Uh, send me your address because I am ordering a Washington Commanders f- hat for you right now on fanatics.com. Okay. I'm going to send over to you. So uh, private message me your Do address. <laughs> I'm going to show you something. <laughs> See if I can find it. This sits in my office. I had a guy once come to me, uh, and he was a huge fan of what was at the time the Washington Redskins. And he came to me one day and he handed me this item and he said, here's something for you to put in your office. Now you see, I have Dallas Cowboys stuff all over my office. He said, here's something for you to put in your office. I bet you won't display this. From that day, about six years ago until now, I have always kept this in my office prominently displayed. Mm -hmm. It's here. It's a thing. Uh, I don't love it. I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about this team, but at the end of the day, uh, there is a history there. The Dallas Cowboys would not have the rich history they have uh, without the Washington Redskins or Commanders or football team or whatever they're called. I don't like them. They are not my favorite team. They're not my second favorite team. They are my thirty second favorite team in the NFL. <laughs> but I have it here in my office. So if you think you're you're pulling a gotcha on me by ordering a $30 hat and like you won't wear it, I guarantee you I will because uh I I I don't I don't have a problem with that. This doesn't make me less of a cowboy fan just because you've got this one thing that's a redskin with all this cowboys paraphernalia around me. Okay. So don't think you're going to get me just because you, you got me. Well, I'll send you my address. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get you. I just can't wait to see you wearing your Washington Commanders hat, probably, because of the history. <laughs> do I get to pick out the style? Because, I mean, if you're ordering one, you know, do I get to pick out which one you order? <laughs> I'll, I'll pick one that I think you would like. I know you well, like the dark colors. You like black. You know what I thought of the other day? I do <laughs> like black. I do like the black Washington mm-hmm. hat. It's actually not bad. Um, you know what I thought of the other day, Leo? What's that? Uh, when it comes to uh, getting excited about a game, when it comes to watching a football game, when's the last weekend that we didn't have a professional football game to watch? Can you remember? I mean, that had to have been... Uh... We just we just had preseason. Those are professional yeah. football games. We got to watch those. So Before it was a July of twenty twenty one. July of twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty two, you mean? 
No, I'm sorry, 2023. Well, July we, of 2023 was last month. Oh, I'm sorry, 22 then. Mm, okay, yeah, July of 2022, yes. So for a solid year, we have had professional football of some sort, preseason, arena ball, arena championship, XFL, the entire NFL season last year. This weekend coming up here in just a few days, there is not a single professional football game that we can watch. It's the off week, the bye week before it the is the starts. one week. And the only saving grace is that there is a ton of college football because it's the first full week of college football. It's not week yeah. zero anymore. It's week one. That's the only saving grace. But for the first time in a year, we do yeah. not have a professional football game available for us to watch. So, ouch. Yeah. On that subject, you, you graciously provided us with something to shame you on on this show. Now I'm going to give you something you can shame me on. Okay. But I, I cannot deny this. I love football. Football is the greatest sport, in my opinion. It, it is the sport I love the most. That uh -huh. being said, having been through this year that we talked about, we are excited about coming up of constant football, no, no break in football, where we're going to go straight from the NFL to the XFL to the NAL and then right back into the NFL. It's been great. I, I don't deny that. I haven't changed my I haven't changed my opinion on that or my view of that. But I hear a but not an and coming. No, there's a but coming, not an and I have come to a realization um and don't I've mentioned it. I've talked I've talked to to Lolis about it. Don't say it. Where this it. is the least excited. Not mm. that I'm not excited, because gotcha. I am. But this is the least excited I have ever been for the opening of the NFL season that I can ever recall. Usually I am pumped at this time. I am – I'm not even in a fantasy football league. Now, not, not all of that is on me. Because in, tomorrow night. In, in a couple of the, the the couple of leagues that I did last year, both of them we had people fall through, and it just it just didn't work. But I didn't actively go out and find another spot, right? Which in the past I absolutely one hundred percent would have done that. I am not nearly as excited for the opening of the NFL season as I as I have been in the past. It's great, and I'm looking forward to it, but. This time of year, usually these weeks, I am just like thirsty for football, like famished, like I, I need it, need it now. And I don't have that this year. And I'm, I'm a little sad about that. You know, it's a, it's kind of weird. It's a little off-putting. I can see that. Like, I can understand that. Um it is kind of odd that we've gone to the NFL being like, like we're not going to have a show every week. It is our off mm -hmm. season in a way. Um, like we're going to enjoy football and we're going to watch it, but we don't have to watch it to 
you know, to analyze it or any of that kind of stuff. We just get to have fun with it. Um, that is odd. That is different. That like, you know, I don't know. I, I'm drafting tomorrow night, which is why I'm really glad we were able to get Coach Tom tonight and tomorrow <laughs> night because drafting and talking to Coach Tom would have been different, more difficult. Um, I also like camouflage, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Just, you know, <laughs> there is a camouflage one. Just throwing it out there. If you're going to do something, uh, I'm a camo guy. Well, I guess we lost RC, and that's okay. She, uh, yeah, that's a bummer. She, she hung in with us for a long way, but uh, it is. It's NFL season. Um, in a week, in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, who do y'all play first? Who does Denver have first? Uh, Raiders. Ooh, the Raiders definitely got to win that game. Yeah, and I think I think we will. I think we will. But yeah, they're running wrong. out there I'm with excited. Jimmy G. Uh, yeah. Jimmy G has no preseason whatsoever, and they're running out there with him. I I don't I don't hold out a lot of hope for the Raiders this no. year. Um, which no. is good news for you. But yeah. I'm I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited. I'm just not as excited as I have been previous years, which has been through the roof excited. Let me tell you, um, I am a little very weird. excited about that. September 10th is going to be a great day because the Cowboys play that evening. And what happens on uh, game days where, where the Cowboys play in the evening, I get to watch Red Zone all afternoon. I get to watch all of the football happening all at the same time from noon when it starts all the way until six o'clock or so, and then switch over to for the pregame for the Cowboys. If the Cowboys are playing in either that noon slot or three o'clock slot, I always watch the Cowboys over red zone. But this is great because this day, the day that I love professional football more than any day at all is opening day. And I get to watch all of it. I get to watch all of those red zone games early. And then I get to cap it all off with the Cowboys and Giants at Meadowlands uh, on Sunday night as the Cowboys begin what will be their sixth Super Bowl championship in their franchise history. Um, very exciting um, to know that that's starting right here uh, in the Meadowlands <laughs> against New York. Um, mm -hmm. It's history-making. Like, this is the year that they won their sixth Super Bowl, and we know that from this point. We know that from the beginning, and that's nice. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. Uh huh. But when it comes to Hold professional football, well, we're not ready yet. I'm not ready. I got one thing I want to bring up regarding okay. the gunslingers. Okay. Now we we went on our our little NFL thing. Uh, we did. But, we did. But um, I do want to mention. I got a. Uh, you mentioned earlier. This is what keyed me. You mentioned earlier a little while ago. You said about something about saving money because of jerseys or whatever. Yes. Um. That's not going to happen because we we still no matter what league we're in we're still going to have Jordan Stubbe, right? So, and we're still going to have True. that that going and and the awesome gear that the Gunslingers put out and that he designs. Um, and I just want to put this out there: I got this. I was told this by a kid um, who I happened to see at a birthday party this past week who had been to one of the Gunslingers games. Um, okay. 
and has been seeing the jerseys that I wear and has, uh, has a couple of his own, um, uh, one from the game that he was at. And then I said, please, you know, can you please get me this one? He couldn't make it to the game with the superheroes. And I, uh, he, had, he asked me to get him one. So I got him a, a, a hero. I think it was the incredible Hulk Jersey. Um, anyhow, he says, so are the gunslingers going to do anything for Halloween? Are they going to have a Halloween themed Jersey? Because that would be really cool. And I was like, well, you know, the season is over. It's in the off season. So they don't really do anything with Halloween because it's, you know, the they're they're in between seasons right now. They're taking a break. I was like, but you know what? You are 100% right. A Halloween themed jersey would be really cool. I could think of things that Jordan, the masterpieces Jordan Steubing could do oh, with yeah. things like Freddy Krueger and Jason and uh, Michael Myers, Chucky. Um, and I said, you know what? That's such a great idea that I am going to pass that along to the San Antonio Gunslingers and to Jordan Steubing. And maybe they put something on their Facebook page or their webpage. And there's an opportunity to buy uh, some uh, uh, Halloween themed uh, Gunslinger special edition jerseys. It might be a good idea, might not be, you know, something or, that they're able of doing right now, but I'm just gonna throw the idea out there because I told the kid, I was like, you know what? That is a good idea. We always see Christmas in July. Why can't we have a Halloween in spring theme night? Yeah, where people can. wear their costumes and buy their Halloween uh fan jerseys. Man, we're doing his job for him now. We got the <laughs> Texas theme night that we threw out a couple of weeks ago. Now, Halloween theme night, you got plenty to choose from. Um, these are great ideas. That's a great idea. I yep. love the idea of, of uh, Chucky or Scream, uh, you know, Ghostface mm -hmm. um, with some, some gunslinger's flair. Uh, I can already see in my brain, like Chucky over the crossed guns with the hat <laughs> on. Um I can see it in my brain, man. Yep. Uh, the good good guys on the sleeve. Whole thing. Yep. Uh, not a bad call. Not a bad yep. idea at all. Very good. And we're not saving any money. No. <laughs> we're going to continue to spend money. Yeah. <laughs> well, when it comes to football, whether it's the 100-yard variety or the 50-yard fight, whether it's in the arena or out in the stadium, uh, professional football belongs in San Antonio, no matter where we play it. If it's up in Carolina or over in Tampa Bay or up in Seattle or I'm trying to think of crazy places in the Bay Area. That's a thing because <laughs> um, now i got to add in all these other leagues that are possible as well. Uh, up in Omaha, have a beat with the beat mm -hmm. wherever football is played. It turns out, we've learned over the last few years, the 2-1-0 has got something to say. Bang, bang. <laughs>